This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. power of suggestion it is a mighty thing right now my right shoulder with this fire is off to my right cozy warm but i feel the heat is that just mere suggestion or because off to my left off camera i have a fan running and it's cold i was gonna say careful because i don't know if it's an internal or an external suggestion but yeah yeah i might even think hey uh this fire how come it's getting warm oh there's a problem here yeah um if people say certain things to you does it (laughs) Kind of like make you feel whether it's sick or if somebody says something, do you suddenly start thinking you smell whatever they might have mentioned or whatever? Is oh, there yeah. anything that Absolutely. particularly affects you that way? Absolutely. I started Especially that. Especially cold. Um, cold or just, you know, movies or TV shows. There's a word for this. It escapes me. But it's like, yeah, basically somebody says something and you start thinking, hey, there's more of this around now. It's just awareness. Mm. Mm. Like a particular a car model or something, right? and all of a sudden right. uh, that is then appearing all, sudden, all over the place. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of interesting because it's true. You'll think, or like they used to say, somebody'd buy a car, a certain color car, yep. and then they'd look around like, hey, man, everybody's I thought this car got was this rare. Everybody's crimson, got one. Why the heck right, did I yeah. do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I thought this was a rare model. That's what they told me when they sold it to me. That's why they <laughs> charged me so much. Folks, let's talk headlines. Let's bring Grant Hardy in. Hey, I'm Grant Hardy, and welcome to the Headlines segment. I tackle everything from health and lifestyle to accessibility and tech. I have it all right here on Kelly and Ramia. So should I ask you the loaded question, Grant, that you know I'm thinking of asking? Are you a person who's easy to that kind of suggestion? If someone says, oh, man, it's cold in here, do you start, oh, why don't you mention it? Oh, I I wish. I find that I often have very opposite temperature <laughs> readings from other people <laughs> in the world. So they'll be like, oh, it's so cold in here. And we're like, oh, I'm boiling. I was just about to ask if we could turn down the heat and uh, vice versa <laughs> as well. So uh, that would be that would be interesting to study. Like, why do we obviously we're a little different physiologically, the way we're all built, but why do we have such different temperature readings like we should be able to match it up kind of with the other people in the room that would be very useful Mm. yeah well you think about how much temperature we consider comfortable because we're always complaining about weather and what is each of us or is are generally for human beings we know that if you had to live in without air conditioning and some really high heat some places in the world have you, you wouldn't survive, really. And as we talk oh, about yeah. the world warming, but the same thing goes for cold. Where, what is yep. for each of us yep. that, oh, I find this the most comfortable temperature, whether it's 22 degrees Celsius, 26 degrees Celsius. And, and then when I say that, just to live in, to be in, that you don't even notice, like, oh, it's hot. Oh, it is a, t- mm. a touch chilly in here. It's a very small yeah. window, really, when you think about it. Yeah. Um, I, I love there, I love that I just said I, we should be able to match up our temperatures. <laughs> yeah, you're like, hmm, well, I guess the world isn't really built just for your convenience, Grant. It's more about <laughs> People our People watching our on TV saying, well, Grant, yeah, like, you know, we'll, we'll all move so, to the Hardy ooh. temperature. Instead of the Calvin scale, to be the Hardy temperature. There's going to be a lot of debate, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, exactly. man. Um, just quick content warning about talking about PTSD and some uh, traumatic 
uh, memories here on the show today. Uh, there was a paper published in the journal Nature Neuroscience that answered a question that people have had for a long time, which is why are traumatic memories different from other memories? They're different from positive memories and different from uh, just sad or negative, quote-unquote, memories, in that people don't so much remember traumatic memories like violence, war, assault, sexual assault, fires, they more relive those memories. But we haven't really had a lot of um, empirical data for why. So a team conducted a, a brain scans of 28 people with PTSD while they listened to recorded narrations of their own memories. Uh, some of the recorded memories were neutral, some were simply sad, and some were traumatic. And the brain scans found clear differences uh, with the uh, researchers reporting that uh, memories that were just sad showed high engagement of the hippocampus, part of the brain that organizes and contextualizes memories. Uh, but when the same people listened to traumatic memories of assaults, fires, school shootings, and terrorist attacks, the hippocampus was not involved, uh, and a uh, different uh, area of the brain, which, of course, I've just lost the name. I'm trying to find that. Uh, was used instead, and that makes the memories... Um, more, oh yes, I have it, the posterior cingulate cortex, or PCC, which is usually involved in internally directed thought, like introspection or daydreaming. Mm. So yep. that is that is why those memories seem to be uh, not only relived, but also why people, sensory stimulation, like just hearing fireworks or whatever can really trigger someone. Uh, and so basically what they say is, that this is a really seminal moment in terms of therapies for PTSD, because what you can do, there's been this long debate about like exposure, exposure therapy. Should you expose people to relive their traumatic memories in therapy? And what they found uh, is that you can actually help people organize their memories into sort of a story uh, so that instead of just remembering those little traumatic bits, you can actually kind of right. relive the, a whole narration of a memory as more of a past experience, and that puts it back mm -hmm. into the hippocampus. Thoughts? Which I guess is where people who experience what we would consider a trauma, firemen rushing into a building that, you know, and things that are going on, it would take more for that imprint. They would have that on their memory for it to leave the imprint, such as the ceiling coming down on them and pain and whatever, if something unfortunate happened, because you have that life experience, it's a different thing to you as opposed to when we first, uh, you know, lose somebody, somebody passes mm -hmm. away, a parent or what have you. But, you know, as you get older in life, you've experienced that enough. It's almost like getting that reinforcement that you lose a parent, you lose maybe a sibling. You As you get older, if you, you know, live long enough, um, I wonder if that's some of that kind of yeah reliving in a different way and again obviously every incident some people if you have a ceiling come down on you you may have more or less pain you may you know yeah. already have other fears um even if you're a fireman one of your biggest fears you fight every day going to your job might be getting caught in a closet in a build burning building something that we might right. say why a closet i just don't want to be caught in a burning building but it's different yeah. from our perspective 
Exactly. Uh, so for example, this is a tiny gr bit graphic, but hopefully not too much, but there is a, there's an army medic who was haunted by just a, a not only a tra uh, tra uh, traumatic memory, but a fragmented memory mm. of uh, frantically trying to uh, bandage somebody, uh, a, a soldier's wound while under uh, fire. And so in therapy, they tried to help him build a story, which uh, was a coherent memory of not only him doing that, but also another person who lay nearby, uh, some of the background sounds, uh, a little mistake he made using too many bandages, just like this whole narration of what was happening in the background. Like it sounds almost like it would be worse, but apparently like that can be actually less uh, like your brain is reliving it, I guess, if you have the full story instead of just this momentary exactly. fragment. Yeah, and part of it can be that um, regret or resentment side of things, right? Like, you know how we talk about survivor's guilt and all these other things where there are parts of you that feel guilt or shame or, um, you know, other feelings that would make it more of a present experience because you're not necessarily compartmentalizing and putting these things as a past experience. You're thinking, well, what if... I could have done this or could have done that or this was different than the actual reality of it. I also think, um, Grant, you know, how this plays into not necessarily one-time occurrences or physical experiences, but things like generational trauma. When we're talking about um, communities of people mm -hmm. and coming to terms with things that we may not have experienced firsthand, but our parents or our parents' parents like generationally have experienced, uh, because that's becoming more prevalent in our discussions nowadays as well, as it should. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's, I guess it's just literally learning to live with and deal with the imperfect, you know, brains that we were born with because I, and complex. I and complex exactly because I think so many people have who haven't experienced trauma and you know to be honest like I haven't experienced Ooh, right a lot but we'll say you know I don't understand you know I don't understand why people can't just like move on from move things on. Or, or get get over things and you know like why dwell on the past you know etc cetera, etc cetera. but I, I think it's just a, a reminder of i guess in a way like people who haven't experienced highly traumatic things and like you said community trauma almost don't you just don't know how the brain processes those memories and you might be able to get over it because your brain just doesn't associate it with that constantly mm. constantly reliving those yeah, I, I also I wonder about even dreaming, right? When we dream about something that kind of scares us, rats in my case, I have the thing about rats. And all of a sudden in the dream, you know, a, a rat is there. And I'm, ah, you know, because it's something I haven't experienced. I don't really know how I would react. I don't really understand my, my fear other than what I've seen on TV and growing up as a kid, whatever it might be. But we we tend to go in those dreams. And again, I know a dream can follow a story as you're talking about, Grant. But a lot of time dreams end up with, oh, boy, I think I'll get a soda. Oh, it's a 10-foot rat. Help. Right? Uh, all of a sudden, it's there. It came in to get a soda as well. And it's chasing me. Right? So... 
I, it's very interesting that futuristically too, we can give ourselves those things because of our fears, because of, and, and I guess that's what, even in a horrifying, scary experience, like you described him, you know, uh, being under fire and taking care of, of somebody else, what were the things there that flash back to him constantly? Probably also are based in some of our biggest fears or the fears that he's probably experienced every day that, oh man, I don't want to be under fire and have to be stuck. I don't want to run out and be a coward and leave someone behind. I can't leave a friend behind, yeah. whatever it might be. It's interesting. And I know we are going to move on shortly to this other thing you have, uh, Grant, but I also wanted to say, like, there is a spectrum for trauma, right? And this is, you know, granted, like you mentioned, Kels, your uh, fear of rats and all this other stuff. Also, people and past relationships um, coming in with traumatic experiences, it doesn't necessarily have to be this, like, very intense physical no. trauma or PTSD as we know it, but uh, just trauma in general and the, the things that we carry on into like our future and present. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, for but, yeah. For sure. It's like, I guess, acknowledging that, like, PTSD is, you know, just a very individual thing. I feel like this maybe does a couple things. Like, for, you know, for for therapists, psychologists, et cetera, like, hopefully this sort of opens the, the door to, to help people through their trauma. And definitely, you know, for, for lay people like me, not that I think I've ever been dismissive of someone's trauma hopefully mm. but just you know a reminder that like again you know if you've if you've never experienced this kind of thing before you can't just expect somebody to you know oh dismiss this just move on from this you know don't dwell on this when when in reality you don't know you don't understand what is going on inside someone's brain and right. for, i feel like the world would be a better place if we couldn't read minds, but we could understand a little more about this. We could empathize. Maybe not read yeah. the minds, but empathize. Thank you, pal. Thank you, guys. Grant Hardy, our reporter in Vancouver. Well, BC, I think, is easier to say because then I'll always screw up exactly where. Anyway, folks, a uh, real interesting topic makes you really think about things. And, of course, as, as you said before, Ramya, complex because the mind is so complex. We talk headlines with Grant on Mondays and Wednesdays right here on the program. Up next, Mind Your Own Business returns Wednesday, January 3rd to AMI-TV. You'll also be able to find it uh, on uh, AMI+, Plus, of course. We're going to be speaking to Kelly Von Johnson, who is on the program in the role of mentor this season. Stand by. We'll get into that after this. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-TV. Hi, I'm Ramya Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider. <laughs> 